This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Lots to talk about. Tons of baseball this weekend. Um, the Yankees lose again. Fifth straight. About to be riots in the Bronx, if they don't start winning some games, uh, prompted uh, Aaron Boone to talk about the possibility of making some lineup changes. I don't really know what kind of lineup changes you can make. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you're playing your best players. They're just not uh, hitting very well. But uh, So we'll talk about that. The Red Sox kind of come down to earth a little bit. We knew that was going to happen. They get swept yesterday by the Chicago White Sox. Um, and an 11 o'clock game this morning. So right after this show is over, the Red Sox will be playing their uh, traditional Patriots Day game. No Boston Marathon, which, you know, uh, is why they usually play on Patriots Day, but uh, they will still play their 11 o'clock game uh, this morning. Um, before we get to sports, today is the um, – <clears throat> they are going to have the closing arguments in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer uh, who was charged with killing George Floyd. And after that, it goes to the jury. And he- here's what I'm hoping, folks. Uh, look, um, let us, regardless of what happens, my concern is what's going to happen uh, in terms of uh, uh, riots, you know, God forbid, you know, and, and and you hate to say this, but if something happens and uh, they don't find this guy guilty or there's a, some kind of a hung jury or something like that, I really am worried about what is going to happen in this country. And I don't mean just in Minneapolis. I mean, we've, we've seen, um, you know, the trouble that's going on in Minneapolis, and, and I get that. I'm concerned about what happens nationwide, or whether we're going to have, uh, you know, riots. And, and I look, folks, we have to trust in our justice system. I know that it doesn't, it sounds kind of stupid to say, but at the end of the day, look, it's what we have, right? You know, uh, we've got to, we've got to trust that this gets done right. And if, if they can't come to an agreement and I don't know how they will, by the way, I don't, you know, not for nothing, but based on everything that you have seen, you have read, you have heard from the testimony. I don't see how they cannot find this guy guilty of something 
you know, and, and that's, that's my other thing. What if they find him only guilty of manslaughter and not murder, you know, and he only gets, you know, a short jail sentence. People are still not going to be happy with that. I don't think no matter what happens here, I don't think anybody's going to be happy because essentially these mobs that are rioting, they're not going to be happy unless the guy is, uh, you know, strung up, you know, the old eye for an eye thing, you know, I mean, that's, that's my concern is that no one is going to be happy with the outcome unless this guy spends, you know, 50 years behind bars. And actually, I think the most he can spend is, uh, is like 40 years for second-degree murder if uh, he were to get the maximum, and it's not likely, even if they found him guilty of that, that he would get that much. But that's my concern. You know, my concern is that uh, people just aren't going to be happy regardless of what happens here. But if you're listening across the country to my show and, you know, I'd like to think that people that are listening to my show are not the kind of people that are going to go out and cause problems. But at the end of the day, we have to trust our justice system. And we, we, we need to look, uh, here's the thing. I think 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, Derek Chauvin's not even on trial here. I really believe that. I think 20 years ago that, you know, the police could get away with anything they wanted to. And there there's not even, we're not even talking about a trial. The fact that, that we now have police officers being held accountable is, a step in the right direction. You know, and I'm not saying this guy should walk. I'm just, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, we have come a long way. And so again, I, I just hope no matter what happens, folks, just let's, let's Jesus, let's try to keep our heads here. That's what I'm concerned about. It, Adam Silver, the, the commissioner of the NBA has warned the, his players about and, and warned the league about being ready for, whatever the outcome of this is. You know, as if, like, he's concerned that this could get really ugly. Um, I think we need to be more concerned, you know, maybe... Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he should be more concerned that... They games won't be played because players are going to opt out of playing. And look, that's that's possible. You know, that's possible. But and then that's their right. You know, I mean, that is absolutely their right. You know, if they just say, look, you know, uh, we we this is our way of protesting. You know what? If we all could protest that way instead of burning shit in the streets, that'd be great. Excuse me for swearing, but if you know, seriously, if we could, if we could find a way to protest without throwing rocks and, and making this thing worse and making it look like we have a completely lawless country. That would be a beautiful thing. Really would. So let's, let's try to keep our heads today. I don't think the verdict's going to come down today anyway. I mean, and let, if the verdict comes down today after the closing arguments, and we don't even know, there's no time limit on the closing arguments. They could take all day. And, you know, and and I think every major network is going to show the closing arguments live because that'll just, you know, that'll just fan the flames a little higher. But I, I think that, uh, you know, it's unlikely that there's a verdict today. If there is, I'm telling you, if there is, it means that, 
he's guilty because if they come back quick, he's guilty because there's no way that everybody in that jury is going to say that he didn't do something wrong. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a likelihood that, you know, there could be a hung jury because not everybody can agree. It only takes one juror to screw this thing up. So let's try to keep our heads today. Um, the other thing that came down news is that, uh, we have reached 50% in this country of uh, 50% of adults have gotten at least one dose of a vaccine. And that's despite the hysteria we're having over the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, because uh, six or seven people out of 7 million got a, a blood clot that may or may not be related to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Uh, they think they'll be, that'll be back in circulation this week, but that's just making people more paranoid. But we're at, we're at, uh, uh, 130 million doses of people 18 or older. So that's 50.4%. You know, and now and we need to get obviously to that 75, 80, 85 level to get that herd immunity so that we can get to a point where we can take our masks off and try to get back to some semblance of life. And I can, I'm concerned that we're not going to get there. I mean, look, there was a poll just a couple of weeks ago and, and the, something, by the way, this should not be political. It should be, hey, we're trying to save your life. But just a couple of weeks ago, there was a poll that said that 36% of Republicans said they will probably or definitely not get vaccinated. 36% of Republicans compared with just 12% of Democrats. Now, we shouldn't even be talking about Democrats versus Republicans when it comes to the vaccine. You know, as I've said on this show many times, I'm a registered Republican, although I am a I, I am uh, I am very close to dropping my party affiliation because I can't I, I'm not. This is not the Republican Party that I signed up for when I was a kid, when I was 18 years old. Uh, but be that as it may, 36 uh, percent of Republicans have said they probably won't get vaccinated. That's just disturbing. Um, but an overall poll says that we are at about 75% overall in the United States of people that say they are going to get vaccinated. We need to get that a little bit higher. We need to get the people that are skeptics uh, to get vaccinated. You know, I mean, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think we can get there. I hope we can get there. We see a lot of it last night on the Academy of Country Music Awards um, to talk about the vaccines and country music artists trying to encourage people to get vaccinated all night last night, which, by the way, is good because um, country music, obviously huge all over the country. But it's it's the hotbed is the South. The South is where the hotbed of the Republican Party is. And if you're going to reach them, those are the people to reach those Republicans. So let's hope that uh, uh, that happens. I mean, we've got to get there. My wife and I actually made a decision last night. We're going to go to a concert. We haven't been to a concert in two years, and uh, we have decided that we are going to a concert. We actually bought the tickets last night to see Thomas Rhett and uh, Cole Swindell in Hartford at, a, at an outdoor venue uh, on August 21st. So it's, you know, it's still four months from now, and hopefully maybe in four months we won't have to wear a mask. You know, uh, but it'll be supposedly social social distance seating and et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to go. And to, I, to my shock, the tickets weren't any more expensive, really, than concerts that we've gone to before to get a decent seat. Um, maybe slightly more, but I don't even think they were really. I, I think they were about 
in line. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised by that, that the ticket prices weren't outrageous. So we've decided we're going to go. What the hell? You know, we got to, you know, at some point we got to get back to it. And I'm, I'm still debating about going to a game at Fenway this summer. Uh, there's a big part of me that wants to go back to the ballpark. I just don't know yet. Um, so anyway, that's where we're at as far as that. Folks, get vaccinated. You know, if, if, uh, if you haven't, get it. I got it. I've had no issues. I got the Pfizer vaccine and zero issues. Even a first shot, I had a sore arm for 24 hours. Had a little bit of a headache the next morning. Took a couple of Advil. It was gone. Second shot, sore arm for a couple of days. Other than that, absolutely nothing. I have not had one issue. I highly recommend it. So if you haven't, get it done. Um, and we have COVID now in Major League Baseball. Today's series between the Twins and the A's will not start. They were supposed to play uh, in Oakland today, but because Minnesota had a bunch of positive tests, the game has been postponed today. They were supposed to play the Angels over the weekend, the Twins were. Those games were postponed because of the, uh, I think they had four or five players test positive. Uh, they're scheduled to play a doubleheader with Oakland now on Tuesday, pending the results of uh, more testing. But as of right now, uh, they will play a doubleheader tomorrow, so the game is off for today. But again, you know, it's it, look, it's it's where we are uh, uh, in every in every sport. You know, you can do the right things, and you can still come down with this thing. So again, get a damn test. Or don't even get it. Just get the damn vaccine, period. All right, now let's get to sports. Um, as I mentioned, the Red Sox yesterday, uh, the bats kind of went to sleep yesterday for Boston. Uh, they did have eight hits in the first inning, but they couldn't get the big hits when they needed it. Uh, only four hits in game two, and they get swept. They lose the first one 3-2. They lose the second one 5-1. The first one at least was competitive. Uh, Tanner Houck. You know, was okay. He didn't walk anybody, which was good because he tends to uh, he walks about three and a half guys per nine in his. It's a brief sample size in his major league career, but he still tends to walk guys. Red Sox pitchers yesterday did not walk anybody in that first game, uh, but Hauk gave up three runs and six hits and a four and a third. They finally got to Dallas Keuchel, got him out of there in the sixth. Uh, Keuchel was really good. I mean, he's not a strikeout pitcher. He throws like his fastballs like eighty eight, eighty nine miles an hour, but he he can locate. And that sinker had the Red Sox just dr drilling the ball into the ground all day. Uh, they had a couple of opportunities to tie or go ahead in, in uh, the second game. I mean, the first game late, but uh, uh, couldn't get it across. So uh, they lose the first one. The second game, they started Martin Perez, and he was uh, not great. Now, he settled down a little bit. His first inning was brutal. He was fortunate to only get out of the first inning, giving up one run. I mean, they had the bases loaded, nobody out, and they only gave up one run. Uh, but he gave up seven hits and four runs in three and two-thirds. Uh, you know, and then uh, Sawamura came out of the bullpen. He struggled. Uh, but the bottom line in the the second game, Michael Kopech came out, and it was nine up and nine down. Now, this is a guy that hadn't pitched in two years because of uh, blowing out his elbow. Um, I was surprised he came out for the fourth. He ended up giving up a run in the fourth. He gave up, I think he walked a guy and gave up a hit his first hit in the uh, in the fourth inning. They get him out of there, and then Foster comes in, and the run scores uh, off the relief pitcher. And uh, so Kopech gets tagged for a run, but he was he had the Red Sox tied up in knots. 
And only RBI in the second game for Boston. J.D. Martinez uh, had one, uh, but that was it. I mean, it was just uh, it was a power outage and a uh, an offensive outage yesterday. By the way, that uh, RBI for uh, J.D. Martinez was his 18th of the season. That's the most by a Red Sox player through the first 16 games since Shea Hillenbrand had 20. Uh, back in 2003 so he has stayed somewhat hot I mean he's cooled off a little bit you couldn't stay as hot as he was but uh, he had a couple of hits in the doubleheader and uh, Xander Bogarts had another hit Uh, but by and large the Red Sox just uh, offense went to sleep yesterday and they wrap up the series the four game series today as they said 11 o'clock this morning and it's a great pitching matchup it'll be Lucas Giolito for the uh, Chicago White Sox against Nadevaldi. Nadevaldi is pitching as well for Boston this season as he has pitched all the time he has been on the roster. He's two and one with a two oh eight. Lucas Giolito comes in one and zero with a two five five ERA. Obviously, it you know for Boston, you know hits are going to be at a premium today. This is going to be another low scoring game, and uh, you know they're going to have to. Uh, uh, find a way, maybe play some small ball a little bit, hit and run, whatever it takes to, to try to get a couple of runs off Lucas Giolito because he has been a beast. Hey, the good news for Boston is even after losing uh, both games yesterday, there's still two games in first ahead in first place um, ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're four and a half games ahead of the, uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, the White Sox did have to put Lance Lynn on the injured list yesterday. He had a straight, a strained right trapezius muscle, so he went uh, on the DL. But uh, it didn't really matter for this series because he wasn't scheduled to pitch anyway. Uh, Giolito was was going to go today regardless. But uh, so Lynn's on the shelf uh, for at least ten days, and it'll likely be longer than that. Uh, again, long long season. You want to be careful. Um, and as I mentioned, four and a half games ahead of the New York Yankees. The Yankees yesterday. Just three hits. They lose to the Tampa Bay Rays 4-2. to two. They get swept in the series. How bad was this series for the Yankees? They had just 11 hits in three games. A total of 11 hits in three games. They got three-hitted twice. They, the Rays outscored them 17-7. to seven. And of those seven runs for the Yankees, four of them came on homers. You know, and that's the problem with New York. It's a, it's an all or nothing team. But right now they have guys that just, I mean, Aaron Hicks is hitting 160. John Carlos Stanton is hitting 176. Glaber Torres is hitting 196. You know, uh, Clint Frazier is hitting 167. Rugnet Odor is playing second base hitting 125. I mean, you know, this team is not hitting. DJ LeMay, who's only hitting 286. You know, Aaron Judge is hitting 250. There, nobody on this roster is hot uh, outside of their backup catcher, Kyle Higashioka, who right now is their primary catcher because uh, uh, Gary Sanchez is hurt. You know, so again, you know, so the Yankees just right now, and I, so I don't know. I mean, Aaron Boone was hinting at lineup changes, but wh- what are you going to do? You know, you're not going to bench. Uh, I mean, I guess you could bench Aaron Hicks, I guess, if you want to start or, you know, if you want to play uh, Brett Gardner every day. But outside of that, what are you going to do? You don't have anywhere else to go here. 
Uh, you know, and it was disappointing for Yankee fans, obviously, because Garrett Cole pitched yesterday. You expected to win that game. Cole struck out 10, didn't walk anybody in six and a third, but uh, bad defense behind him. Ends up giving up an unearned run. It wasn't going to matter because his team didn't score anyway. And the Rays hit a uh, homer off a of Darren O'Day late to kind of uh, give him an insurance run. But look, uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing if you're a Red Sox fan. This is the worst start for the Yankees since 1997 when they went 5-10. Uh, and 10. 1997, so it's been, what, 24 years. It was so bad that on Saturday the game had to be delayed for a little while because the typical Yankee fans, classy Yankee fans, were throwing things on the field. They're so angry, they're booing, they're throwing baseballs and other things onto the field. So, you know, it's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we're allowing 10,000 fans in and, you know, you should, instead of just being happy that you're there, you know, and obviously you can boo when your team doesn't play well, but good Lord, I'm sure, I'm sure the Yankee organization was probably saying, wow, letting fans in was a great idea, wasn't it? Uh, so they fall. Uh, to five and ten, Tampa evens its record at eight and eight, so they sit two games behind the Red Sox. Uh, I joked with my wife yesterday. Hey, I said the Red Sox are still in first place. Let's stop the season now. <laughs> you know, despite losing two yesterday, the Red Sox have still won seven of the last ten. They won the first game of the series. If they can get a win today, if they can beat G- Lucas Giolito and split a four-game series with the Chicago White Sox, a team that most people. Uh, believe will either win that division at least or, you know, go into the playoffs one way or the other. You know what? If you had told me that the Red Sox were going to do that prior to the four-game series, I would have signed up for it. You know, we got, we've got we gotten a little bit greedy because of that great start that the Red Sox got. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, if you're a Yankee fan, you don't really have to worry. You really don't. At the end of the day, you're going to be fine. You know, this team has too much power, too much offense. You know, uh, if they stay healthy, you know, and I know uh, Sanchez is hurt now, but if if Aaron Judge stays healthy and Stanton stays healthy, they're going to hit. You know D.J. LeMahieu is going to hit. You know, I'd be more worried about the pitching right now than I am. Outside of Garrett Cole, where are the Yankees going to for a starter that they can count on? You know, uh, Herman and Severino are guys that have had a significant amount of time off. They're still trying to work their way back in. Uh, Corey Kluber, same thing. He has been uh, underwhelming. Um, and, you know, again, it's early, and this is a guy that didn't pitch, you know, last year. So he's still trying to get his legs underneath him. But the Yankees are going to be fine. At the end of the day, I said to my wife, I said, look, they're still going to win the division. You know, at least I think they will. I really can't believe that they're going to be this bad all season long. Not that I would be sad if they were, but they're going to be fine. But you don't need to be throwing things onto the field. You really don't. I mean, that's just it's just stupid. Uh, it is 28 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 31 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Monday morning. If I sound a little discombobulated this morning, I guess I probably am. Uh, I kind of joked when I was uh, setting up the broadcast on Facebook this morning. It was kind of a winging it show. 
not as prepared as usual, but a little out of sorts this morning. A lot of uh, physical activity this weekend. I was, I, was, I was a little worried about getting down the stairs this morning. Back is killing me. We had uh, uh, 80 bags of mulch delivered uh, as I... I look to landscape the property uh, before we uh, we're going to be selling the place at the end of the year. So I'm I'm mulching everything. I'm making everything look pretty so we can some, take some nice pictures of it before we go to sell the place. If it doesn't kill me first that and trying to plant my garden at the same time. So I'm, I'm uh, uh, struggling a little bit this morning. But uh, thanks for hanging in there with me. Uh, the Mets with another win. They beat the Colorado Rockies two to one yesterday. Marcus Stroman, who opted out of last season. Uh, does not look like it bothered him at all. Eight innings yesterday, just three hits, one run, and the Mets stay hot. Um, and and the dumbest play, and you know, I you're not gonna. I'm sorry, you're not gonna defend this one. Trevor Story ends the game a two to one game. He gets thrown out trying to steal second base for the final out of the game with Edwin Diaz on the hill. And, you know, he tried to defend it afterwards. He says, well, you know, Edwin Diaz is a tough at bat. I'm, uh, you know, I'm on first base. And, uh, you know, Charlie Blackman's up. And, you know, I wanted to try to get into scoring position so we didn't have to worry about trying to get an extra base hit. Maybe I can score in a single. You can't get thrown out at second base in a one-run game to end the game. He can say all the stupid stuff he wants, but I'm sorry. There is no defense for that. Uh, but Stroman was really good, made a great defensive play as well. He got a he, he caught a ball, kind of a, a ground ball behind his back that was hit by Josh Fuentes and then uh, threw him out at first. Uh, it was great. It was a great play. Uh, it was probably a bit of a lucky play, kind of an instinct kind of thing, but, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. But, yeah, Trevor Story had a couple of hits, but you cannot get thrown out at second base to end the game. You just can't. Um, now, the Mets are off today. And then they get to play the Chicago Cubs starting on uh, Tuesday. Taiwan Walker, who's been really good uh, for the Mets here early in the season, will get the start. And the Mets right now in first place, 7-4. and four. They've won seven of the last ten. And uh, they have a one-game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. Not that it means a lot right now. I mean, you know, you look at the standings and Atlanta's two games under five hundred. Uh, you know, Washington is three games under 500. Miami still, uh, you know, still playing well, but, uh, the Mets, I think are, I still think they're the team to beat. I really do. Uh, and speaking of teams that are hot, how about the Oakland athletics? This is an Oakland athletics team that started the season. zero and six, they got swept by Houston and, you know, it looked like the sky was falling. And, you know, oh, my God, what is going on with Oakland? And they have since that won eight in a row. They have gone nine and one since that 0-6 start. They sit at 10-6 and right now and in first place in the AL West. Now, uh, part of that is because the Angels weren't able to play all weekend with uh, Minnesota because of the positive COVID-19 tests. And, uh, you know, you've got a Houston team that's, that's been struggling a little bit since starting the season by sweeping Oakland. But the Oakland Athletics, hot as a pistol. Uh, Matt Olson scored from second base on a fielding error uh, with two outs in the ninth inning yesterday. And so they, they won that game without even having to get a hit. And uh, that was after Sean Murphy hit a, uh, a home run in the eighth to tie it. And the Athletics sweep the four-game series over the Detroit Tigers. 
Uh, and look, you know, if you're the Tigers, they didn't play badly this weekend. And, you know, yesterday, Matt Boyd, seven and a third innings, four hits and two runs. I mean, he did everything he could do. But uh, Chris Bassett, his best start for Oakland so far this year, he struck out eight and walked just two over six innings. Uh, and the bullpen tr- did a good job. Trevino ends up getting the win, but uh, a good start for Chris Bassett is something that he uh, he desperately needed. Uh, if you're Detroit now, you get to play the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, you know, and maybe you can get healthy a little bit. But look, I mean, you know, the Detroit six and ten, they weren't going anywhere anyway. Um, Bob Melvin, the manager of the Athletics, has not announced his rotation yet for the series against the Twins because, frankly, he doesn't know whether it's going to happen or not. He already knows today's game has been postponed. It might be a doubleheader tomorrow uh, as long as Minnesota doesn't have any more positive tests. You know, but, but look at one of the things I was thinking about. You know, you look at the standings right now. We've got some teams that are – it's early, and this always happens, but we've got teams that are really uh, overperforming. I mean, if you told me right now that, you know, at the start of the season, the San Francisco Giants would be, uh, you know – uh, in second place in the AL West, I thought would have told you you were nuts. If you told me the Reds were going to be sitting in first place in the NL Central, I'd say you were nuts. And the Seattle Mariners in first place in the AL West, are you kidding me? And perhaps the biggest surprise, the Kansas City Royals are in first place in the AL Central. Now, again, it's April 19th, and it's great if you're a fan of one of those teams. They're not going to be there at the end of the season, but it's fun to talk about. I mean, the Kansas City Royals are nine and five, uh, you know, and Salvador Perez with a big win yesterday uh, as they beat the Blue Jays. And, you know, if you're a Rays fan or a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan, you're happy about that. But Salvador Perez with a two-run home run in the seventh inning off of TJ Zoik and uh, the Royals win the game two to nothing yesterday. It's unbelievable. You know, it's just that that's the second day in a row uh, that they have uh, come up with a win like that. Now, the Red Sox, after finishing off the series with Chicago today, have the Blue Jays coming in for a quick two-game series in Boston uh, starting on Tuesday night. Weird two games. And now Kansas City. The Kansas City is going to get a dose of reality uh, as they will uh, take on Tampa for three starting tonight. Good luck. Um, but the series that everybody was talking about this weekend – and it was a good one, the Padres and the Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers won two of the three, but uh, game one went extra innings. Game two was just a great pitching performance by Clayton Kershaw. They win the game 2 nothing, And game three, uh, the Padres come back late. They score three in the bottom of the eighth, and they end up beating the Dodgers 5-2. Uh, spoiling another strong start by Trevor Bauer, who struck out seven and only allowed uh, three hits and a run over six innings. But uh, Blake Snell with a solid start for the Padres and then a great job by the bullpen. Four innings from that bullpen that gave up just one hit. Didn't walk anybody and struck out seven in the final four innings. Mark Melanson picked up his sixth save of the season. Uh, Eric Hosmer uh, with the big hits. For the Padres, he had an RBI single in the seventh, a two-run single in the eighth, and uh, that is what put the Padres over the top, and they salvaged one game of that series. But, look, the Dodgers are still 13-3. and I mean, you know, and you look at San Diego, they're 10-7. and They're three games back. Uh, these two teams play 19 times, so they've played three. They got, what, uh, 16 more to go. 
And I think I heard somebody say it's going to be like playing a World Series game every time you play the Dodgers if you're a Padre. Not, eh, it's probably not far from wrong. Uh, the Dodgers now get a two-game series uh, starting tonight with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Dustin May is going to get the start for the Dodgers tonight. Again, you're the Seattle Mariners. Great start. You know, you're 10-6. and six. Well, here's your dose of reality. You get the Dodgers tonight. Uh, and then the Padres uh, have a three-game series with the Milwaukee Brewers that starts tonight. Mr. No-Hitter Joe Musgrove uh, will get the start for the Padres in that game tonight. Musgrove, you know, we talked about that no-hitter, which is great. But overall, I mean, in his three starts, he's 2-1 and one with an 0-4-7 ERA. Uh, so Musgrove, uh, who came over there from the Pittsburgh Pirates, has been uh, better, I think, than the Padres uh, could have hoped. Um, another great pitching performance by Shane Bieber over the weekend. Yesterday, he struck out 13 guys as the Indians beat the Reds 6-3. to three. Uh, Bieber is doing stuff that uh, we haven't seen uh, since Nolan Ryan. And actually, he became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to start a season with four straight starts with at least 10 strikeouts. He struck out 13. He walked two. He did give up three hits and or three runs and six hits, but uh, he picks up his second win of the year as they beat the Reds 6-3. But this is a guy who's the AL Cy Young Award winner. He's got 48 strikeouts in four starts. Well, the last person to do that was Nolan Ryan. That's just unbelievable. I mean, and he has, going back to last season, Bieber has struck out at least eight guys in 16 straight games. That's one game short of the record, the major league record held by uh, the big unit, Randy Johnson. So uh, he is in uh, elite company, no question. Uh, and uh, Cincinnati uh, has been cooled off a little bit. Oh, by the way, Cincinnati, how about that? They they turned a triple play this weekend. Uh, I think it was like, I think I read it was like the 31st triple play in Reds history or something. Joey Votto pulled it off. Uh, Votto, you know, had three hits yesterday, a couple of runs batted in. He has been hot as a pistol lately. He got off to a slow start, but he's got the average up to around 270 now. Um, but uh, the Reds fall to 9-6. and six. The Cleveland Indians 8-7. and seven. They are a game behind the Kansas City Royals in the AL Central. Uh, the Reds have a day off today. They start a three-game series with Arizona. And uh, Cleveland now has a, a day off today, and then they get to play the Chicago White Sox. And, you know, we haven't talked about Minnesota because they've been uh, shut down by the COVID, but this is turning out to be, I think, a lot of people thought this was going to be a two-horse race this year. Everybody thought it was going to be Minnesota and Chicago. I think what we're seeing is, you know, because obviously Cleveland traded away Francisco Lindor, you know, they, they let a bunch of other guys go and, uh, you know, they look as they appeared to have taken a step back. But I think what we're showing is they've got two things going for them. Number one is their manager, Terry Francona, who I believe is the best manager in baseball. And, you know, don't forget, Francona wasn't on the bench for them last year because he was dealing with that uh, that medical issue with his uh, with his stomach or whatever it is that's going on. And uh, he's back. And not just that, you know, who else is back? Well, obviously Bieber is back and they've got great young pitching. You know, a lot of people thought, well, you know, you, you traded Clevenger and, 
you know, uh, you traded Carrasco and, you know, you're screwed. Well, they're showing that they have such great young pitching that they can afford to trade guys like that and still be okay. So uh, don't count out the Cleveland Indians, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies finally get a game over 500. They've been struggling quite a bit lately. Aaron Nola, uh, their ace, pitched like an ace yesterday, a two-hit shutout, went nine. He struck out 10, didn't walk anybody, and they blanked the St. Louis Cardinals uh, two to nothing yesterday. Uh, Bryce Harper went three for three, had a, a home run, his third of the season. And uh, Alec Bohm drove in the other uh, run with a sacrifice fly. And the Phillies with a win of St. Louis Falls to 7-8. and eight. And as I said, the Phillies now 8-7. and seven. Uh, I still think... Uh, I, I still think the Phillies are a playoff team. A lot of a lot of people don't think so, but I think you know it's going to depend on Aaron Nola uh, a lot. If he can, the problem with Aaron Nola is is yeah he's their ace, but this is a guy that in big games has a history of coming up very small, you know. And it's early in the season, but Nola has looked uh, very good early on he's got an ERA of 2.19 through his first four starts if he continues to pitch like that I think I I, I I think the Philadelphia Phillies have a very good chance of grabbing one of the wild card spots they may not win the division I think the Mets are still the team to beat but uh, I think they've got a decent chance to get one of the wild card slots it's 45 minutes past yeah we got to take another break when we come back we're going to get away from baseball great hockey game yesterday by the Boston Bruins we're going to talk about that when we come back you're listening to the wake-up call on sports country it's 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Uh, you know, I was just listening. Uh, uh, we had an ad locally uh, with Mario Andretti, and I started thinking Jimmy Johnson, former NASCAR star, made his uh, IndyCar debut yesterday um, racing for uh, Chip Ganassi, and uh, he's going to race the road course uh, uh, setups for uh, that team in IndyCar, the regular ovals, he will not race, but he will race the road courses. And he had his first one yesterday. Uh, he got through it, I guess. He ended up a lap down by the end of the race and finished in 19th place. But uh, a 45-year-old rookie in IndyCar, and he said it's always been a dream to do that. So uh, uh, made his debut yesterday. And it was ironic. Uh, on the day that he made his debut in IndyCar, his old number 48 car in NASCAR, uh, now driven by Alex Bowman, picked up a win yesterday. It was the first win for the 48 car since 2017. Jimmy Johnson had been in uh, uh, quite a drought. He had not won a race in almost three years when he finally uh, retired yesterday. But uh, So uh, Jimmy is uh, in, in IndyCar, and on the day that he debuts, his old 48 ride gets a win uh, in Richmond in NASCAR. Uh, I mentioned the Bruins game yesterday. Uh, what a game. Brad Marchand with two goals, two assists. Uh, David Krejci also goes also scored twice, as did Patrice Bergeron. And the Bruins uh, whacked the Washington Capitals yesterday 6-3. to three. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, things are really tightening up uh, in the Eastern Conference. Now the Bruins are three games back of Pittsburgh in third, just four behind the Islanders and just six behind the Capitals. The Bruins have actually led the season series right now uh, with um, – uh, Washington, four games to three. They play one more time. I think that's not until May 11th. I think it's actually the regular season finale for both teams. Uh, but the Bruins, since the trade deadline, I'll tell you what, getting Taylor Hall has made a 
big difference for this Bruins team. Uh, those first two lines for the Bruins are playing um, very, very well right now. And getting Tuka Rask back is also huge. Rask yesterday with uh, 30 saves on 33 tries uh, to pick up uh, his second win uh, since coming back from that injury. So now the Bruins um, are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. So they have things going in the right direction. The only team right now that is hotter in the Eastern Conference than the Bruins is the New York Rangers, and they're just four points uh, behind Boston right now. So uh, a lot of fun to watch uh, in the Eastern Conference. But the Bruins, with a couple of games in hand, they've only played 43 games, and the three teams ahead of them have all played either 45 or 46 games. So if the Bruins can make up those points with the games they have in hand, uh, they are going to be in very good shape come playoff time. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks returned to the ice yesterday. Uh, it was their first game. Get this. This was their first game since March 24th. 25 days between games because of a huge COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, and uh, they were wondering if they were ever going to be able to play again. Well, they came back yesterday and uh, ended up beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, by the way, are in first place in the Northern Division, uh, beat them 3-2 to two in overtime after a 25-day layoff. So good for them. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Vancouver. They are... They have played about seven fewer games because of that long layoff than anybody else in their division. I don't see how they could possibly make them all up uh, in the time left. I mean, there's really there's less than a month left in the season. So I don't think they're going to be able to make them all up. Um, you know, look, they're in next to last, and their chances of making the playoffs are on the slim side anyway. But, you know, I'm sure that the NHL is going to try to make up as many of them as they can. But uh, good for them. 25 days off, and you come back and you beat the first-place team 3-2 to two in overtime. Uh, that is a, a beautiful thing. Um, Stuart Sink yesterday. How about that? A 47 years old, and he won the Heritage uh, Classic at uh, Hilton Head Island in South Carolina. It was the third time he's actually won the, uh, the Heritage, but he's 47 years old. He had not won a tournament in a long, long time. Uh, this is a guy that is, you know, he's closer to being on the senior tour than he is the regular PGA tour. And he won this thing going away. And uh, I think he won it by four shots and picked up a cool $1.2 million in doing so. So good for him. There's one for the old guys as uh, Stuart Sink comes up with the win yesterday. A couple of the notes from Major League Baseball before we get out of here. Madison Bumgarner uh, finally had a decent outing. He picked up his first win of the season with Arizona. Uh, went five innings, gave up two hits and a run. Uh, but he still has an ERA of 8.68. That gives you an idea um, of how rough his start was. Uh, so uh, he, he picks up the win as uh, the Diamondbacks beat the Washington Nationals yesterday 5-2. to two. By the way, the Nationals have had to put Steven Strasburg on the injured list. Not a good thing. Um, he's got some shoulder inflammation, you know, obviously Strasburg's a guy that has a ton of talent, but he's also a guy that has been, uh, constantly injured constantly. 
Uh, they are going to, John Lester, by the way, is going to throw a simulated game Tuesday. Uh, they, he's been on uh, the injury list since April 6th because of the whole COVID-19 protocols. They hope to get him back uh, by the weekend. But now losing Steven Strasburg for a time, it's not going to get any easier uh, for the Washington Nationals. Uh, the Atlanta Braves clubbed the Chicago Cubs yesterday 13-4. to uh, it was a home run fest for Chicago or for Atlanta. They hit five of them yesterday, four of them off the starter Liam Hendricks in four innings. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, despite being seven and nine, they lead the major leagues in home runs. Freddie Freeman hit one yesterday, his fifth, uh, and uh, just uh, it was one after another after another. The bad news for the Braves is that Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, has had to go on the injured list with an abdominal strain. And uh, he is going to be out probably for a couple of weeks. Uh, so not good news. I mean, the good news for Atlanta is you got tons of talent on that team. But uh, Acuna Jr., one of the uh, uh, most exciting players in baseball right now and a guy that Major League Baseball is is hyping up beyond belief uh, is out for a couple of weeks with that abdominal strain. And uh, the, the Astros lose again yesterday. They fall to 7-8. and eight. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, his second straight start with Houston where he underperformed four and a third, three hits, four runs. Uh, he did strike out seven, but uh, he is having trouble getting outs right now uh, as Seattle picks up the win over the uh, Astros. And uh, the San Francisco Giants yesterday, uh, Alex Wood got his first start for the Giants, five shutout innings. He gave up just three hits, didn't walk anybody, and then four relievers finished it up, and they shut out the Miami Marlins uh, one to nothing. So, uh, again, the Giants, one of those surprises. They are 9-6 and six, uh, early in this season. That is going to do it for us here today. Once again, don't forget, uh, coming up at 11 o'clock this morning, it's uh, Red Sox baseball. It's a Patriots Day game as they uh, try to salvage a split of that series. We leave you this morning with some music from Thomas Rhett. He did this on the Academy of Country Music Awards last night. It's a new song called Country Again. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.